Hello, this is Bobby Kanop. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. And what a true privilege we have for you here on Clubhouse Conversation on this June day in 2014. Because we are joined by Bobby Knopp, who just has had an amazing life in professional baseball. Bobby Knopp, he played nine years at the major league level with the Angels, with the White Sox, with the Royals. While with the Angels, Bobby Knopp started at second base in the All-Star Game back in 1966. He won three gold gloves with the Angels from 1966 to 1968. He set numerous major league defensive records. He's in the Angels Hall of Fame. And then after his career, Bobby Knopp went on to be in Major League Dugouts for 21 years. He was a coach with the White Sox, the Angels, the Blue Jays. That means 30 years Bobby Knopp spent at the Major League level. These days, he's living out in Phoenix, Arizona, semi-retired, still doing things with the Angels from time to time. And Bobby Knopp joins us here on Clubhouse Conversation. Such a pleasure to have you on the show, Bobby. And, And how are things going out in Arizona? Well, it's uh, pretty nice. It's uh, we have a normal day. It was 100 degrees today and bright sunshine, and everything is pretty good, really. Good. Well, I want to start by offering you a big congratulations on going into the Angels Hall of Fame last September. You're the 11th member. How exciting was that? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's humbling. It's humbling more than exciting. Let me put it that way. It's uh, Something that uh, happens in your life that uh, uh, I don't know. You, you you're excited about it, but uh, when you consider the people who are in it, you're humbled by it. Yeah, it was a, a wonderful ceremony, and uh, I enjoyed it, and uh, I'll enjoy it every day. You should uh, you should write a book. You coached uh, 21 years at the major league level, and then you managed a couple of games with the Angels as well. And then uh, so between coaching and playing, you spent 30 years of your life in major league dugouts. Is that is that something that you can even is that hard to even you know comprehend today? Well, I you know I I, I it is, but uh, you know that. Uh, that's all I've ever done. So uh, I guess that I'm I'm proud of it, but uh, and uh, excited that that you know when you when you're able to do what you want to do for a living for a greater part of your life, that's a pretty special thing. And uh, so. I, like I say, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I don't reflect on it. I don't think back on it. I just kind of take it one day at a time as to that's what I did. Well, I want to ask you about one other post-career thing. Uh, you managed the 1975 Quad City Angels. You guys were 
30 games over 500, 31 to be exact, 78 and 47. And one of the players you had on that team was a 20 year old Willie Mays Aikens. What do you remember about Willie at that age? He was a special kid for me, and uh, he played uh, very well. I my I had him two years as a player in the minor leagues, and then I also he was also a player when I was a coach in the big leagues. But he was a special kid, and uh, he. Uh, would do just about anything I ever asked him to do. And uh, all he wanted to do was play baseball and be successful. Well, he definitely did that. Um, so let's go way back. You were born in Sioux City, Iowa, but then you went to high school in California at Montebello High School. So at what age did your family move to California? <laughs> well, Dave, I, I think I... I can't remember what age. That's been a long time ago. But I, uh, let's see, I was probably uh, in the fifth or sixth grade, I suppose, when my family moved to Southern California. And then uh, we originally went to San Bernardino, California, and then uh, eventually into the Los Angeles area, and that's where I went to school for the basic part of my school years from, oh, I guess about the sixth grade in grammar school to junior high school and high school. Well, you uh, signed your first pro contract uh, with the Brewers. It was Jim Reed and John Moore were the scouts. What do you remember about the day you signed that contract, and uh, how exciting was that day? Well, actually, the, it was the Milwaukee Braves. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, was the, it was the old Milwaukee Braves, which is now Atlanta. And uh, after I graduated from high school, uh, I had anticipated in going to uh, college to play football. But Jim Reed, who was a friend, and uh, Johnny Moore, who was a scout for the the old Milwaukee Braves, asked me if I wanted to go play baseball, and uh, I said, well, okay. You know, I wasn't, I didn't play baseball until I went to high school. It was kind of a, something that uh, was just out of nowhere uh, came to being when I went to high school and played baseball. We didn't have Little League or Babe Ruth League or that in the area that I grew up. So huh. I just kind of played baseball as something to do, really. But uh, I remember that uh, I did sign the contract and I a couple of buddies of mine and some girlfriends, we went up to the mountains to go swimming and up at one of the lakes. And I guess they called my parents and said, you know, I had to be at a certain place at a certain time. And my mother was frantic when I got home because I hadn't been there to take the call. But everything worked out all right. Huh. Well, you spent uh, eight seasons in the minor leagues, and then the Angels took you in the Rule 5 draft following 
1963. What were your thoughts on uh, switching teams to the Angels? Well, actually, my career was kind of, I was more of a suspect than a prospect, I suppose. Uh, I played eight years in the, in the Braves system, but uh, the last few years uh, I played out of the Braves organizational. And I played with the independent teams. Hawaii was one of them. And uh, the, the Angels had a man by the name of Roland Heeman, who at that time uh, was working under Mr. Fred Haney, who was the general manager with the Angels. And Roland Heeman was the assistant farm director when I started with the Milwaukee Braves. And he kind of kept track of my career. And uh, at the time, he called me and asked me how I was doing. I said I was fine. And he said there was a possibility that the Angels were going to select me uh, in the minor league draft for Rule 5 players which is different than what it is today, but it's basically the same. Uh, and I said, I'm fine, you know. And uh, and they did, and I, you know, again, uh, I was, I got, you know, I was excited about it, but I'd already played eight years, and uh, like I said, I'd never been with a major league club. Uh, uh, so it was all very, very new to me. You know, and really kind of unexpected. What kind of jobs were you doing in the in the off season back then? And did you ever consider quitting baseball during those eight years? Uh, I don't. I don't think I ever considered quitting. Uh, I really had no background in anything else. I came right out of high school. I didn't go to college, so I didn't have any kind of a degree or any kind of uh, ambition to do any particular kind of, of work or occupation. I uh, During that winter time, I, I worked primarily in the, in the trucking industry, which I even did uh, after I went to the major leagues for, for a couple of years. But uh, I, I, was, I was pretty much a blue-collar guy. Huh. Well, that must have made uh, making the opening day roster in 1964 just awesome. You you played in all 162 games that first year in the big leagues. How special was that first year in the major league level? Well, you know, I, uh, again, um, that's what I did. You know, that that was that was what I did, and for a living. So, it, I mean. Yes, it was very, very special and very exciting. It's probably more special now, today, than it was then, uh, only because uh, I've, I've been able to uh, more or less survive uh, that length of time at, at the major league level. And I'm still involved in baseball, but uh, it's... When you're 25 years old, you, you just sometimes you don't realize how special your life is until it's kind of like you lose it or it's taken away from you. You know, 
Well, I know your nickname was, is, is it Nuriev? Is that how you say that? I think it's probably Nuriev. Nuriev. There, <laughs> there we go. Well, that was a, uh, a famous ballet dancer, right? Because your defense was, was so good. Where did that name come from? Uh, I suppose one of the writers, because Nuriev was a, was a very, very famous ballet person. And, uh, I don't know why that came about. It was probably credited to one of the newspaper people. And at the time that it happened, uh, they said something about it, and I said, you know, my mother made me take ballet lessons, and, which is a you know a total falsehood. <laughs> I mean that I, I was never uh, a, a dance person. In fact, I still don't dance to this day, and I'm <laughs> 75. So that that was just something that somebody made up, really. I don't dance either. You you and me have that in common. So. You had a, a ton, you know, a ton of awesome things happen with the Angels from 1964 to 1968. First of all, I bet this is pretty rewarding. Your teammates voted you the winner of the Owners Trophy. You were the team's MVP four out of those five years. Is that something else that means more to you today than back then? Also, well, uh, you know, at the time it was very rewarding and. Uh, Today, I don't think a great deal about it. Uh, I've never been one to uh, really look back on yesterday. Uh, to me, yesterday's gone, and I enjoyed it. And I'm hopeful that I get through today, and whatever happens tomorrow, uh, I'll take that in stride. So at the time, yes, it, it, it meant a lot to me because that's, that's the mentality of athletes. That's what we do. We do things uh, more or less for recognition. And, and one of those kind of awards is, is recognition for what you do. So at the time, it was important. Today is uh, it's 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 yesterday. Hmm. Well, you got recognized uh, nationally too plenty. You were on the 1966 All Star team. Who were some of your teammates on that All Star team, and uh, what do you remember about that night? I remember that it was one of the hottest days in history. Uh, we played St. Louis and. That's when they had artificial turf. Ugh. Let's see. My uh, my roommate, Jim Fergosi, was on that team. Al Kaline was on the team. Hank Aguirre was on the team. Brooks Robinson was on the team. Uh, George Scott was on the team. Carl Yastrzemski was on the team. You know, they uh, great players. Uh, you know, it was such an honor to be named to an all-star team at that particular time. And 
I'm very grateful. It was uh, not done by the public voting. It was done by our peers, so to speak. So it's it's a very special thing for me. Well, you uh, you mentioned uh, Jim Fergosi. Uh, you won uh, three gold gloves, and one of them was the same year as him. But in 1967, you guys both got gold gloves. You're, you know, the second base and shortstop for the Angels. What was it like playing uh, with Jim, and what kind of man was he? Well, he, you know, he was my dearest friend, and uh, both personally and professionally. And as you know, we lost him this past spring, and. Uh, I probably spent more time with him than I did my family. You know, uh, we were great friends. And he was uh, the cornerstone of of that organization, the Angels. You know, he, he's the one that set the standard for that ball club. He was a just a very, very special man, both personally and professionally. What was it like playing uh, with Jimmy Pearsall on those teams? Uh, pretty much as what he portrayed. You know, uh, not not the mental part, but he was a very, you know, he was a blithe spirit. He, he was full of energy and and he could play. He was a great player. And he was uh, a lot of fun to be around. He, in fact, he was my uh, a roommate of mine in my first year one spring. And uh, I, 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 I really liked him. We had a great time. We were, we were good friends. Uh, one other angel I wanted to ask you about is uh, Ed Kirkpatrick, who we also lost, unfortunately, and he played with the Royals later on. Uh, did you get to know Ed pretty well, and, and what was he like? Well, his nickname was Spanky, and I knew him since he was an 18-year-old kid when he came to the Angels. and uh, He certainly was a, a self-made professional player. He he was a a tremendous friend of mine, and uh, I spent a lot of time with he and his family. And uh, I was also at the event uh, uh, the night he had his accident, and subsequently uh, had uh, his debilitating stroke. But a fine player, a very competitive kid, and uh, but he certainly got the most of of the ability that he had, and he he played with great passion and uh, a great teammate, tremendous tremendous kid. You started uh, 1969 with the Angels, but then got traded to the White Sox for Sandy Alomar and Bob Pretty. Uh, were you surprised to go to the White Sox? Well, I was surprised, but I got because I got the call at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> uh, from the general manager. And, uh, uh, but other than that, uh, 
those kind of surprises are common in baseball at that time. We were pretty much, uh, this was before players were granted free agencies, so you pretty much had to do what the ball club said you had to do. So uh, it was a, a surprise, a, a little bit of a shock, but uh, we, we understood that those were, were part of the rules of the game, so that's what we did. What was it like uh, playing in Chicago? Do you have any favorite memories as a White Sox? I love Chicago. I think it's I think it's the best city in the country. I, I mean, you, you, to go to Chicago is very very special, and uh, I loved it there, and uh, I liked it as a player, and uh, I went back as a coach and worked for Bill Vec and. I just had a marvelous time. I, I loved it. I, the only thing I don't like is I wouldn't live there because of the weather. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, when they talk about the hawk, and you're walking down Michigan Avenue, and, and you gotta you got to hold on to a rope to cross the street, <laughs> that, the wind's pretty tough. So, uh, but I love the city. It's a great, the fans are great, uh, great enthusiasm there. I, I, I love it there. Well, I'm most excited to talk about the next chapter here. You came to spring training with the White Sox in 1971, but then uh, the Royals made a trade for you. They sent uh, Louis Alcaraz and Cash. So what were your initial thoughts on joining Kansas City? Well, you know, I, I was extremely happy about it because I, like Chicago, I love Kansas City, and uh, the the problem that I had with it was that uh, I I lived on the West Coast, so uh, going to Kansas City at the end of spring training uh, was a little bit difficult. Uh, I kind of knew something was going to happen because of the situation with the White Sox and. We had just gotten off the plane coming from Venezuela and for an exhibition game, and they called me and said, you're going to Kansas City. But the exciting part was uh, uh, joining Bob Lemon, who I knew personally, but I'd also played for him previously. And uh, the people who were involved in Kansas City, I was extremely happy with. And so I was very excited about it. How did you know uh, Bob, and uh, what was he like as a man and a manager? If you can't if you can't play the game of baseball for Bob Lemon, you can't play for anybody. I mean, he just he was a remarkable, remarkable man, and extremely honest, forward, upfront. Just you know, take the baseballs and bats and go play. And uh, I I loved him, and he was greatly responsible for the thirty years that. I was able to spend in the major leagues. So I, I, I love the man. You were obviously an opposing player in 1969 and 1970, seeing the Royals. What were your thoughts as an opposing player on those young Royals back then? <laughs> well, 
not to forgive me. I have a cold. But no, it's okay. In those days, you didn't like any opposing team. Yeah. I mean, there was uh, even your best friend. There was, the camaraderie ended, you know, at the ballpark. And so uh, even though I knew uh, a lot of the Royal players, uh, I wasn't especially friendly with them when I was with Chicago or with the Angels. But once I got to the Royals, they were my team. And that's, that's the way it was in those days. And uh, I got to know them and I enjoyed them. Uh, there were some fine, fine players there. And uh, we just didn't have enough to get over the hump against Oakland. Yeah, that... Uh... That first year in 1971, you guys won 11 more games than any other Royals team had, but you finished in second place. And then uh, you started the last 40 games at second base because Cookie got injured and you went 10 for 35 at the plate, which is 435 during that stretch. So that first year in Kansas City, what sticks out most about that first year here? I guess it's getting acclimated. Uh, uh, I've I've been through a lot of changes of players coming to clubs and whatever, and it, it, it there is definitely a, a change uh, when you when you go from one city to another. But I suspect that uh, the best thing that happened to me was and and. And this may sound sinful. I don't want it to be sinful, but I met uh, a lady there that eventually became my wife. So I have everything good to say about Kansas City. Oh, I didn't know that. So she was from Kansas City, huh? Yes. Yes, oh. she was. She was a very special person. She passed away a couple of years ago, but I'm sorry, she was a very special person for me. So 1972, you guys... Uh had a, a disappointing year. You finished fourth, and then uh, that was the final year of Municipal Stadium. Um, for those like me who never got to see a game there, w- describe what Municipal Stadium was like, and how did you like playing there? It was miserably warm. <laughs> uh, I remember the, the saying was that you could fry an egg on top of the dugout in the summertime, and I believe it. They would put water on top of the, the, the dugout to cool it off, and that, that just made it like a sauna. Clubhouses were up over the left field. You, you couldn't get to the clubhouse from the dugout. Uh, I remember them. had a very, very high wall. And before I came there, Mr. Uh, Mr. Finley uh, used to have animals out in right field, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the best barbecue in town was two blocks, I don't know, probably south of the ballpark, called Arthur Bryant's. Mm-hmm. And it had the best playing surface in major leagues. Really? National League included, yep. Huh. George Toma was a genius. Huh. That was the best playing surface in all of baseball. Wow. Um... Well, we've got about four more questions for you here. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, three of your teammates with Kansas City that we also 
um, have lost, just to get some memories of them. Uh, do you remember much about Ted Abernathy? Ted Abernathy was my roommate. Oh. <laughs> and we had played together before, going to Kansas City. But uh, he was one of he was one of the he was a phenom as a as a young man, I believe, with Washington, the old Washington senators, and he actually threw over the top. And he hurt his arm, and he came back as a pitcher underneath. Great man. Just a wonderful, wonderful man. Did you uh, get to know Jerry May? Jerry May was also a teammate of mine, and we lived together at... Uh, uh, there was a... some There was a... Uh, like a hotel-motel facility out in Overland Park. And uh, we stayed together out there. And uh, I remember he, he, one year for Christmas, he sent me some country ham. And the only thing I didn't realize is that you had to soak it for 48 hours to get the salt out of it before you cooked it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, how about Bruce Del Canton? Bruce Del Canton was probably one of the finest pitching coaches that the Atlanta Braves ever had in their minor league system, and uh, he was certainly a, a fine pitcher for us, and a, a, a gamer, very quiet, very quiet, uh, but no nonsense, just come and do your job every day, yeah. Great people. And what are your favorite memories of living in Kansas City, just as a city itself? Uh, the plaza. Betty and Milt. Betty and Milt were two entertainers, husband and wife. They did a gig at the what was called the Old Horseshoe Lounge. I think it was called the Horseshoe. Oh, let's see. They also had a restaurant called Gaetano's. Yeah, that I think so. Yeah. They had a they had a, a a restaurant, a bar, like a sports bar, and uh, trying to what the heck is the name of it? It was owned by two brothers, but it was a great place. But I, I mean, I just remember Kansas City as a. <laughs> a very friendly place. You know, you go to the ballpark at night and uh, uh, had that that summer feel and uh, the breeze and friendly people. 
I don't mean to cough. No, you're, you're totally fine. I, I, I'm down. I'm down to my last question now. So. <laughs> I have this cough I've had for a week now, and uh, Bert and Lenny's is the name of that place. Oh, okay. Bert and Lenny's. It was one of the really truly original, maybe sports type bars. It was a wonderful place. Well, thanks for all your time. You've been very, very generous. Uh, last question for you. What would you like to say to Royals fans listening right now? Well, I, I guess I would like to say thank you uh, because uh, they were always so supportive uh, of us uh, when I was there. and uh, They were <coughs> very... <coughs> They were very friendly and cooperative, and I enjoyed them very much, especially there was a man there that used to sit out in right field, and we called him Santa <laughs> because he had this big white beard. He was there every night, every night. And if you talk to people in those days uh, when I was there, they would remember him too. Yeah, I remember hearing but, about uh, him, yeah. But I, I, I say thank you. I had some, not a lot of years there, only a couple, but uh, uh, the years that I was there, I enjoyed it very, very much. In fact, uh, my wife's family still lives only 90 miles south of there, so I get back occasionally. Well, I appreciate your time so much and, and all you gave to the Royals, and I know my dad used to love watching you play, so I've heard about you my whole life, and it's great to talk to you and you know, introduce and reintroduce Royals fans to you again, and and uh, hopefully we'll hear from you again someday. Thank you very much. Okay, take care. Have a good night.